coming to you live from the Lake of the Ozarks. We are staying in a little condo for our anniversary weekend and it's so cute. It just started snowing so it's like snowing and we have this lake view and it's so so cute um but dedication is real. I have to quickly <laughs> do my December books. So these are all the books that I read in the month of December. And I like went into town, especially like towards the end. Um, I've had the last like week or so off from work. I haven't worked since like the Wednesday before Christmas or something. So I've had quite a long time off. And I think this is like literally exactly what I needed. I think I just needed like a straight like five days to just read books and lay on the couch and watch TV and just do nothing. And it's been so nice and so cozy. Um, I hope that everybody is having a good holiday. I hope everybody's New Year's was good and safe and socially distant. And um, yeah, I, I'm happy this year is over like everyone else. But um, I also, you know, read a shit ton of books in the year of 2020. So I am, um, you know, happy to be talking about that. But yeah, so this month I read... Um, how many books did I read? I read 11 books and I DNF'd three. So I'm going to talk about all of those and um, I might get into like some of my goals and things for next year. I might not. That might be in a different podcast. I don't know. We'll see how it goes. Okay, so I'm going to start with the DNFs first. I really like doing it that way now. I like just like getting them out of the way and then moving on with our lives. I, I used to like the back and forth thing because I felt like it balanced it out a little bit better. But I feel like I've been doing a better job of not picking up so many books that I don't like. So I feel like they've been a little less frequent. Um, the first one was Memoirs of a Geisha by... Oh, fuck, I don't have... Why don't I have his name? Um, whoever wrote Memoirs of a Geisha... Um, I think his name is like Arthur something. I don't know. Um, so I needed a book that was set in Japan for one of my Pop Sugar Challenge prompts. And um, this one I had always like kind of heard about but never really like knew anything about it or whatever. So I'm not sure. I think it was like a book inside of a book sort of thing. Like it starts out by saying that it's like something about like this guy who was like a friend of this girl and this was like this girl's story so I think it was like him pretending that he, it was about this guy whose story he got from this girl or something I'm not sure um so it kind of read like historical fiction it kind of read like the seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo um and I was I was kind of bored. It was kind of interesting, like, just hearing, like, kind of the things that they did and, like, the way, like, these girls, like, their their mother was dying and then their father was, like, gonna die, like, soon after. So they had to, like, go and live with this, like, they were sent to different homes of, like, women who, like, just raised girls to be geishas and things like that. I don't know. Um, it was kind of interesting, but I was kind of bored and, um... I was like feeling like I wasn't going to be able to finish it. And then I started reading on Goodreads as I do. And it was saying things like he kind of stole this story from this girl. Like like this girl like told him her story and he she, he like stole it. And then there was like a, a court case or like a settlement or something about it. And he had to pay her like all of this money because like they found that she was in the right and he was in the wrong. And so it kind of like gave a bad taste to the book. And so I was like, I'm not enjoying this anyway. I'm not going to finish it. So I didn't. The next one is What Light by Jay Asher. 
I didn't like 13 Reasons Why, which was also by Jay Asher. I think I just didn't like, I don't remember what I didn't like about that book. I just, I think the premise of it, like the fact that um, this girl is blaming all of these other people. And I, this is like a really hot take, I think. But this girl's like blaming all these other people for like what was wrong with her life. And then she committed suicide. And not that I don't think that like other people play a role in that. And that I, it just, it seemed seems very harsh to blame like so many people and I know that a lot of the people I don't know I read this like when I was in like middle school I think but I know a lot of the people did like really shitty things to her and things but I just I don't like it and um I feel like there were a lot of people I, I don't remember but I feel like there were a lot of people around her and it was like why didn't anybody step up and I guess that's like kind of what part of the book is about it's like nobody's stepping up but Anyway, I also didn't like the show. I think I watched like a couple episodes of the show, but it was like not for me. So, um, I don't know if I like his writing or not. I don't know if that's a thing. This was like a Christmas book. I was just kind of bored. It's like this girl's family. They have like a Christmas tree farm in Oregon or something or California or something. And they always like sell Christmas trees and it's like, I don't know, she's going to meet this boy or whatever, but I was bored. Um, they like fall in love and she's like only there for a month. So like how, I don't know. I just, I don't buy it. And it just wasn't, I don't know. I think I was maybe trying to read too many like Christmassy books or something because I think that they were all kind of merging together. Maybe I'm not really sure, but that was not for me. And then the next one is Dash and Lily's Book of Dares by Rachel Cohn and David Levithan. I have owned this book for maybe 10 plus years and I've never read it. I think I've tried at certain points, but then I've just like put it down, not cared. Um, so I wanted to read it because I want to watch the show, which I still haven't watched the show, but I wanted to watch the show. Um, so I wanted to read it. These are the same people who wrote Nick and Nora's Infinite Playlist. And I can't remember if I read that or if I only saw the movie, but I remember not liking the movie. I think I didn't like the book either. I don't know if I read the book or not. And then Rachel Cohen also wrote my almost fabulous, fabulous, my almost flawless Tokyo dream life or something. And I didn't really like that. And that's the one where it felt a little like cultural appropriation. So I think I maybe just don't like this author that much, but I was bored. Um, I thought it would be fun because it seems like they like leave clues for each other in books and they have to go and do things but it, it just got very repetitive very quickly so I don't know the show might be good I've seen a lot of people thought the show was really cute and it's Christmassy and whatever it's on Netflix um but the book I, I've had it for so long I think there's a reason why I've never read it to be honest so um I just mm, nope sorry DNF so now on to all the books that I read this month. The first one is, why don't I have these people's names? It's The Glass Hotel by um, Emily St. John Mandel, I think is her name. I don't have it written down because I'm a failure. So I have no fucking clue what this book was about. I have no idea what happened. There's so many characters. Um, there are these two siblings who are like half siblings or step siblings and like, all this like fucked up stuff happens to them. This girl gets involved with this guy who's like involved in a Ponzi scheme. And there's something about ghosts. There's this big thing about why don't you swallow broken glass or something. And people treat that like that is somebody literally condemning them to death or something. Like, which I guess it is because you're not going to swallow broken glass and be like a-okay. But it just, everybody was like fixated on this. And it was just like, oh my god, that's the worst thing you could ever write. And all this stuff. And it was just like. I don't know. It was weird. I have no idea what happened. 
I could not tell you anything about it. Um, I would not recommend it. I, I've seen a lot of people talk about this book. Like, they really, really like it. She also wrote Station Eleven or something, which I have on, like, some of my things for next year. But, um, I, to be perfectly honest, this book was a clusterfuck. There were so, so many characters, and I have no idea what was happening. And I don't really have any desire to know. So, I don't know. The next book I read was Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. So they're making this a TV show, which is one of the reasons why I wanted to watch this because, you know, it's me. So I wanted to watch this or wanted to read this book. Um, and I went into it knowing like nothing about it, but it feels like one of those books that like either you like love or hate, like everybody talks about. It's like a very cult, like it's like, um, the Accord of Thorns and Roses series, or it's almost like Twilight or, um, I can't think of any other like series right now, but like, it seems like it's like kind of on that kind of vein where it's like, you have to be like really invested in this world or you're not going to like it. So I kind of went into it thinking I was going to hate it and it was like better than I thought it was going to be. I think it was better than A Court of Thorns and Roses, although I still have to read the second one to see like if this series gets any better or whatever. But, um, I, I can't really explain any of it without really giving anything away because it's kind of confusing. There's like random words that are made up. Um, it was like a little difficult to get through. I think that I was kind of in a reading slump. This was at the beginning of the month and I think that I was like, I don't know, I was struggling to get through this book and it was like I didn't want to read it but then when I was reading it, I was like in it and I wanted to keep reading but like for me to pick it up, it was like a task for some reason. Um, but it's, it kind of, feels like the Red Queen series a little bit, um, sort of feels like the A Court of Thorns and Roses series, like it kind of has like those kind of same vibes, um, but I don't know, it's like the chosen one trope where like she's the one out of like whatever and like, you know, this has never been done, it's never happened before, but for some reason it happens to this girl and she had no idea kind of thing, um, but I kind of liked it and I'm kind of excited to read the next one, so... I don't know. We'll see. Maybe this will be like a series that I'm like rah, rah, rah about. Um, so then I'm going to do the next two out of order, but I read, I actually listened to War Cross by Marie Lu. Um, I had kind of read, so the book after that I read that I'm going to talk about is Ready Player One by Ernest Cline. Ernest Cline. <laughs> Ernest Cline. Gotta love spell check. Anyway, um, I had read or listened to Ready Player One like sometime last year, I think, or maybe the year before. And I got like halfway through and I was just like, eh, I don't know. So I didn't finish it. But then when I was listening to Warcross, I was like, oh, wow, this is like kind of the same sort of thing. It's like you're like in a virtual world sort of like video game situation. Um, it's kind of, It reminded me of like Ready Player One meets Spy Kids. I don't know why um because just like there's some there's some things I think it's like that spy kids three or something when they're like in the video game you know what I'm talking about I don't know OG fans you get it Carmen and Junie Cortez so um also does did anybody realize that Junie Cortez is married to Megan Trainer? anybody I just found that out recently I feel like um so I don't really know how I feel about this book I it's a series and I totally was like not invested and I was like I'm not gonna read the next one because I don't care about this series I just want to finish this book and 
then I got to the very end of the book, like the last 10 minutes of the book, and I was like, oh, I might want to read the next book. So I don't know. It's basically just like they're in this like virtual game situation. You know, she's not great, but she's like good at things. And like she ends up in this situation and like things happen and whatever. It's kind of hard to like grasp because I am not like a video gamer. So even to grasp this like virtual world situation is like a little tricky for me to fully understand. But um, so not in the correct order, but I did read Ready Player One after this because I wanted to finish it. My um, nanny family that I work for, they both have read the book. Um, my, the dad of the family I work for, he's kind of a nerd and he, um, you know, was lived through the eighties or whatever. It was like big into all these games and things. So he was like, you know, a teenager or whatever during this time. So, um, he read it and then he had had my other boss, their mom read it. And like, it just kind of got passed around and I was like, okay, okay, I'll read it. And especially because ready player two is coming out. I was like, okay, okay. So I read it and I just didn't love it. Um, I just feel like maybe because I'm not an eighties baby, I just don't appreciate all this stuff as much. Um, it just kind of went over my head. Um, a lot of the stuff I was kind of bored and I was like, okay, let's go. Come on, come on, you loser nerds. Like, let's get it together. And, um, to be honest, I kind of think I like Warcross better because I feel like Warcross, maybe because it's told from a girl's point of view instead. And it's like, a little bit more like relatable for me because I'm not a dude and I'm not like whatever and I don't know but um I think that like obviously I think the writing was probably way better in Ready Player One like I think it was probably like a better book situation I think my husband and I talked about like Ready Player One kind of being like the first of its kind maybe um I would do the research but I don't feel like it I have well I don't know but I kind of do when I know which one came out first um, so I will do that, but I don't know. I just feel like, I just kind of feel like, um, Warcross was a little bit less like nerd alert and it was a little less, which I'm not hating at all. Like I'm a, I'm a booker. It's fine. But, um, I just felt like Warcross was just like a little bit like more like fresh and trendy and, um, interesting for me being a girl, I guess is all I'm trying to say. I don't know. So yeah, um, I just looked it up and Ready Player One came out in like 2011 and Warcross came out in 2017. So clearly, um, I'm sure there was some inspiration there, but I still think I just like Warcross better. And if you're only going to read one, that's the one I would read. I don't think Ready Player One is really all that, but I am kind of interested to see how the next one goes. I'm curious to see what it could possibly be even about, to be honest. I don't know. Um, the next book I read is Evie Drake Starts Over. Evie Drake Starts Over. I can't remember... I think it's I think it's Evie Drake I think her name's like Evelie or something um by Linda Holmes this book I thought was gonna be super super good and like super super cute and it was just okay um it's like this this girl lives in this house she's like a widow her husband just died but she was planning on leaving her husband so she's not exactly like uber upset that her husband's dead and um this guy ends up moving into her house and like subletting from her and they get together obviously it was cute it was predictable I could definitely live without it 
Um, very little happened in the book. The only thing that that was like worth noting is they had this like amazing like Thanksgiving like family vibes that I really liked, and I feel like because this was like around like the holidays, I was like, oh, this is so cute, and I think that like put it over the edge a little bit more and made me like it a little bit more. But um, I definitely could live without it. It wasn't that great. It was just okay, and I you know you could totally skip this and not miss a single thing. The next book I read is The Watsons Go to Birmingham by Christopher Paul Curtis. This is the same author who wrote Bud Not Buddy, which I've never read before, but that's like a classic like book you read in like elementary school or something. Um, I read this because I am the queen of reading books for children when they're supposed to do their own work. But um, David, my oldest nanny kid, he had to read this book for school and, um, just as a way to like help him like understand some of the concepts and things, I read it as well so that we could talk about it and so that I would know how to help him. It's, it's very difficult for me to help somebody with like book stuff if I don't actually read the book. I can't, I can't just be like, oh yeah, let me, let me just like skim this chapter real quick and I'll help you out. Like I can't do that. I have to read the whole book. So I read the book like kind of at the same time as him and it was good. Um, it's definitely a, like a children's book. It's not something that would like be super interesting for like an adult or anything. Um, but it was very interesting. There's like a lot of stuff about like bullying and, um, there's this black family that lives in, um, I want to say they live in Michigan and, um, their oldest son is like a troublemaker and they're really worried about him like getting, you know, picked up by the police or getting killed or whatever. So they're like, if this keeps happening, like we're going to have to do something. And so eventually they decide that they're going to go to Alabama where, um, their grandma is and he's going to go live with their grandma and like kind of set him straight and whatever. And so most of the book is like, they haven't even made the decision that they were going to do that. And then like the, the very end of the book is like them going to Alabama and then like what happens in Alabama. Um, it's during the civil rights movement and there's a bombing at a church. And I guess this is something that actually happened. Um, but it, they bombed a black church because they didn't want the black children to go to school with the white children. And, um, it was intense. This book was, like it was cute. It was good. It like, there was like a lot of like things that, um, are good, especially for like young children. Like it was very good for like my nanny kid to read this book because, um, of all of the things that, um, it talks about, about like race and prejudice and the way that white people treated black people. And it's insane because like the way that black people are treated in this book is not very different from the way that black people are treated now. Um, and, I just think it was like a good eye-opener. Also, the teacher that he was reading this book with is black, which I love because he was getting like very inside scoops on things and she was like really like telling them like, okay, so like this is what's happening and like kind of trying to get them to explain, to understand and whatever. So um, it was like pretty intense towards the end, but it was it was good. And it, it is sad because it's like why he, like at the end he like kind of was like crying and he's like, why why are people treating people like this? Like, why is this happening? And it's like, this is still happening. And it's just like, it's so insane. Um, but yeah, I mean, if you have a kid, if you have like someone small, I think this is a good book. I, there are tons and tons of books that I think are good to help teach white children about black children and white children about racial problems and things like that. So this is one of them. I've never read Bud Not Buddy, but I would assume there's another one that he's written as well. I would assume that these kind of all three are that kind of thing where it's like they touch on race. They kind of 
um, are meant for children to understand like what's going on and things like that. So, um, yeah, if you haven't read that, um, if you've read Bud Not Buddy, I don't know if it's like, I don't want to say like, you don't need to read this one too, but I don't know, um, even like what that one's about. So I, oh, another thing I wanted to say, this book, it did something interesting, which I don't really see in books ever. Um, and probably for good reason. It does the opposite of foreshadowing. I don't know what the opposite of foreshadowing is, but it like something will happen and then in the next chapter it will skip ahead and it won't tell you what happened after the end of that chapter, but it'll make inferences to like what happened and kind of fill in the blanks without really telling you what happened. I don't know how to explain it any better than that, but it was very interesting because it did it throughout the whole book. Like there would be something that would happen and you'd be like, oh, okay, so clearly like the next chapter they're going to talk about like what happened and they don't, they don't break it down at all and they just move on and they're talking about something else. And then a little bit down the road in the chapter, like they'll make like one small note to something that happened and that'll kind of like explain oh, this was, like, the fallout from, like, the last chapter, but, like, it doesn't really, I don't know, it was kind of interesting, like, it was not at all typical of, like, books that I read, and obviously, like, typically books just have foreshadowing where they're, like, you know, telling you what's going to happen in future chapters, but this was kind of the opposite, where it would go back and, like, recall something that happened in like a previous chapter that it didn't really clarify and it would sum it up in like one sentence instead of like a whole chapter or a whole paragraph or whatever like it would sum it up really quickly and so it's like oh okay so that's what ended up happening because of that and I don't know I just found it interesting I've never seen that happen in another book and I don't know if like anybody else has read a book that they can like relate that this is like the same thing but I just thought it was like an interesting different sort of thing that I'm not familiar with in any other book. The next book is We Met in December by Rosie Curtis. I was really excited about this um, and I just didn't like it. Um, I kept getting this book mixed up with The Twelve Dates of Christmas, I think is what it's called. Um, go look at those two books, The Twelve Dates of Christmas and We Met in December. It's like the same fucking cover it's like two people in winter gear on the cover and it's like a light blue cover and I kept getting confused so I would read reviews about both of these books and not even realize I was reading about two different books so I don't know which book I meant to read and I don't know which book I thought would be good I don't know but this one was not it <laughs> um so this I read over Christmas I read Christmas Eve and Christmas and it was so exciting to just like sit and read a book for two days and like I was like holy comfortable relaxed Christmas vibes whatever and um it was fun to just like read like a holiday book over Christmas so it's told from two points of view from like the girl and the guy and I think that is a hundred percent not needed I think that um this book would have been way better told from one point of view, but I'll get into that in a second. It's basically like this guy and this girl, um, and like all these other people end up living in a house in Notting Hill that she's like renting out to people like a flat share. So I was talking to my husband about it and I'm pretty sure that's not legal, but we'll do the thing for the book. So they are both like, there's a girl and a guy and they're like interested in each other but like timing doesn't work out and like whatever and he ends up hooking up with another girl in the house which is like even worse um but it takes place over like the course of a year and then towards the end of the year like they get together obviously spoiler alert I'm not spoiling anything um but it just it was not needed to be told from the guy's point of view as well 
some of the things that the characters would think, like literally, like a thought that they would have in their head would then be said out loud by the other character. And it was just very sloppy writing. Like if the girl thought, like there's something about like her friend and she's like, she wants to have, she wants to get married and have a house and have 2.5 kids and blah, 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 blah. Okay, that's not like a common thing. Like it's like not a not a common thing, but like the specific like 2.5 kids. I don't know what 2.5 kids is. Two kids and pregnant, a baby on the way. I don't know. But so she would say something like that and she would think that in her head. And then literally in like the next chapter, the guy would say out loud, oh yeah, you want a house and a kid or a house and a marriage and 2.5 kids. And it's like, no. Like, no matter how much time you spend with somebody, no matter how close you are to somebody, no ma- like, whatever, like, you don't have the same exact, like, thoughts verbatim. It does not happen. So, that happened several times. And there was something else. Um, I think, I think at one point, the guy, the guy thinks that, like, this girl, this guy that she's dating is, like, a Labrador or something. And then, like, she thinks the same thing. And it's, like, so, like, it doesn't make any sense. It was very sloppy. And it was just, like, the girl was putting her, the person who wrote this book was putting herself in both characters. And that does not work. And so, for that reason, I think if it would have been told from just the girl's point of view, and she somehow would have been able to include some of his, like, you know, how he was feeling or whatever, or, like, maybe somebody could... Somebody could have relayed a conversation that he had where he actually like put his feelings out on the line for her and whatever. Like I think that it could have been done way easier and it would have been way cleaner because this was just a mess. I really don't know why I kept reading it. I think I was just like, I, I'm this far along. I feel like I was like that with a lot of these books this month where I was like, I'm this far along. I may as well just finish it. And I kind of regret doing that, but it is what it is at this point. But I don't know. The writing was just like really repetitive. It was not great. The story wasn't good. Like the backstory of things weren't like wasn't good. Like, oh, that was another thing. Like, um, the the girl's mom and then the girl's friend were like the same character. Um, the girl's mom and one of her friends' moms were like the same character. It was just all um like this girl and her grandma had this relationship and then like her friend and her grandma had this relationship. And it's like it was all the same. Everything was the same. All the characters were the same. There was no diversity. There was no nothing. Um, it just, it was, it was not good. And I'm, I'm getting frustrated about it thinking about just like how not good it was. So I definitely don't recommend this book. Um, and I'm getting really frustrated that I continued reading it. So the next book, I feel like I want to skip because I have so much to talk about. Or maybe I'll just go for it. I don't know. I just feel like it's like I could do a whole podcast about this one book. Um, I'm going to skip it. It's called There's No Such Thing as Bad Weather by Linda Axon McGurk. I'm going to come back to it. Um, The next book is Peter Darling by Austin Chant, I think. Again, I didn't write the fucking author's name. Um, This book was weird. Um, but it makes so much sense. It is, I needed a book that was written by a transgender author and I was having a hard time finding a book. Um, and like that would keep my attention. I think I was having a hard time finding a book that would keep my attention. So this one I kind of stumbled on and I was like, okay, I'm getting down to the wire. I just need to make it work. 
I think that was a lot of this stuff. I just needed to make stuff work because I was trying to finish the pop sugar reading challenge and not that I think that you should just like put a square peg into a round hole any sort of way, but um, I needed to do it, okay? Okay, so it's called Peter Darling and it is essentially um, Wendy is a girl but she wants to be a boy. She believes she's a boy. She, in her heart, is a boy. And so she, when she goes to Neverland or she has these, like, dreams or, like, whatever, she gets to be a boy. She's Peter Pan. It's, like, her, I don't want to say alter ego because I don't know what the correct verbiage is here. But it's, like, this is, like, who she wants to be, who she who she is, is Peter Pan. And so she, like, plays games with her brothers and things and she's always Peter Pan and um her parents don't like that she does this her parents are always like you need to act like a lady and you need to get out of boys clothes and you need to like you know whatever and there's daddy's pretty pretty girl and whatever um so they're not supportive at all and so it seems like whenever it gets to be too much for him he escapes to neverland and he just gets to be himself and um he you know doesn't have to worry about being a girl he can be a boy and everything's good and whatever so um it seems like so I don't know so it kind of goes through this whole thing I don't know if anybody's gonna read this book because I don't know where you can find this book none of my libraries had it you can't get it on Amazon I saw one copy you could buy on like eBay or something for like $180 and it's not a very long book I looked and downloaded the PDF and was just reading it on the internet on my phone. Um, so it's kind of tricky. I don't know what the deal with that is, but it's like kind of not a real book. Although I think it was a real book at one time. So I'm not, I'm not really sure why it's not anymore. But um, so Peter Pan and Captain Hook kind of have a thing. Like Captain Hook is gay and he is like all about guys and whatever and so there's like some raunchy hookup scenes between the two of them which is like kind of weird um but the thing about Captain Hook so the the lost boys all like rely on him or whatever and Captain Hook was like the only one that didn't like expect anything from him like because Captain Hook was like we're just here for the fighting like I don't really care who you are but like we're just gonna fight and so like he like forms this like bond with Captain Hook because he's like you know you're the only person who's like never I don't think he says this, but, like, he's the only person that's never expected anything from him. So, um, like, the, it kind of flashes back and forth. I wish there would have been more about his life as a darling because I think that that would have been a little... I, I get that the, like, ultimate thing is, like, his family didn't understand him and um, they were going to send him away because he kept saying like no I'm a boy I'm a boy I'm a boy and they're like fine like we're gonna have to send you away and so he's like okay no I'm a girl I'm it's just me I'm Wendy I'm I was just pretending like whatever and that that made my heart break a little bit um but I think I would have been there was a lot of just like back and forth of like him and Hook and there was a lot of like fighting and there was a lot of like just like filler stuff I feel like I feel like it was kind of like the same like they're in like the caves and the caverns and like, there's stuff with, like, mermaids. Like, I just felt it was, like, kind of the same as, like, the regular Peter Pan. Um, even, like, with the Lost Boys and with, like, all this stuff. It just felt like it was kind of, like, repetitive of, like, the regular story. It was just kind of, like, changing things. And I think it would have been more interesting if it would have told more about, like, how, um, like, when he knew or, like, the 
the things that like he went through as Wendy or um like growing up even like before her brothers were born or his brothers were born or like um how his family treated him and like things like that like, I think that some of that stuff would have been like interesting um if they would have done like more flashbacks and only flashback a couple of times to kind of explain like what was going on but I read something that he, the author wanted to do a story, um, like a classic fairy tale kind of story. And he wanted to make the character transgender and it makes so much sense. Like Peter Pan was like the perfect choice because it makes like, because what are they doing in Neverland? Like, what is the point of Neverland? Like why, like, where does Peter Pan even come from? Like, where did Wendy get this story about this like random dude? Like, where, like, why is this happening? Because I feel like her family does treat her a little like she's, like, la-la land about it. Um, So, I think that it makes, like, all the sense in the world. Like, of course. Like, he did not feel comfortable as a girl. He, like, did not identify as a girl. Like, he was a boy. And so, he would go to Neverland and he got to be Peter Pan. And he got, like, it makes so much sense to me. I love it so much. Um, and I'm just going to like go ahead and spoil the book for you because I guarantee you're not going to go through all the rigmarole that I went through to read it. But um, he ends up like it ends up being like it's all basically just a figment of their imagination, like all of it. Um, there was one lost boy who was like new and he was like also there for kind of similar things like he, he wasn't feeling accepted. And like same thing with Hook, like he went through some stuff and that's how he ended up there. And so he decides that he's going to leave Neverland and he wants Peter Pan to go with him. And, um, he's able to leave through the same way that Hook came in and then he goes and lives with Hook in like a cabin in the 1800s or something. I don't know, but it's, it's cute. Um, again, like I would have liked to like hear some more like backstory, I think, and even Hook's backstory. I don't know. Um, but I thought it was an interesting take. I always love retellings of like Disney stories and classics and things like that and fairy tales so I was interested um I think it could have been better it was like just okay but um I did like I did like it because I think it fits so well because like if you if you picked another person like um you know Little Mermaid like sure like you could say that she I don't know it's just I think it's a little harder to make it fit but I think for Peter Pan I think it fits very well and I think it's very cute. So I like it. The next one I read is 20 Boy Summer by Sarah Ocklear. I read this once like probably 10 years ago. Um, I have a lot of books. So I would buy books and books and books and books and books. And then I would just like either not read them or I would read them and then just hold on to them because I'm like, oh, I'll for sure read them again one day. But then I think in the last like in the last little while, like things have been a little crazy. Um the last couple of years, like, us living in Vermont, like, we obviously didn't, um, I, we, that was, like, a struggle, was, like, trying to get all my books out there, so, like, I had to get rid of a lot of books, and then before then, I was in school, like, pretty hardcore, so I wasn't reading as much, um, and then before, like, I just feel like it's been, like, a while since I've been, like, free to just, like, read and whatever, so I have a lot of books, but then I, like, read them, and then, like, haven't read them, or I've owned them, and then I haven't read them, or whatever, so I read 20 Boy Summer. Um, I remember it was in the apartment I was living in when Tommy and I started dating. So that was like 10, 11 years ago. So I like vividly remember reading this book. So um, I needed to read it again because I needed a book that had 20 in the title. 
and it's really cute. It's kind of like poetic. There's like a lot of imagery. There's like kind of like a little like lyrical like feel about it, which is not normally my thing, but I think that this book balances like young adult with like imagery and poetry and like that kind of thing a little bit. There it's not it's not poetry, but it's like poetic, if that makes sense. Um it's like very wordy and it's like, you know, whatever. Um, on the cover, it says this book breaks your heart and puts it back together again, which I kind of think is true. It's basically this girl who's, um, she's like best friends with this family and she's like friends with a girl. And then the older brother, she's like always had a crush on, they end up getting together and they're going to tell her friend. And then he dies in a car accident. And so she's not able to tell her friend. He's not able to tell her friend and she just kind of holds on to the secret and then they go away for the summer and her friend's like, let's meet 20 boys. Like, let's like fuck around. Like, let's like, she's kind of a little slut. Um, and it's kind of like about them dealing with like the loss of this boy and how to get over it and like their friendship and things like that. And it's really good. It's really cute. Um, do I think I'm probably going to ever read it again? Probably not, but the writing's good. It's like, you know, just a quintessential young adult book and it touches on like a little bit heavier heavier topics than I think um, a lot of young adults typically, young adult books typically cover. So I think it's good. Um, it's definitely cute and you should read that if you haven't and you like young adult books because it's cute. The next book, um, which is the last book I read this month, I still have to go back to the other one, but I read Promise Me Dad by Joe Biden. Congratulations to Joe Biden. He is going to be the president and like 19 days. I'm so excited. Um, so I got this book in 2019, I think 2018. Um, not too long after we got to Vermont, um, we, the family I nannied for, they were like, oh, Joe Biden's coming to town and we're going to see him at this thing. And I was like, oh my God, I wish I would have known. Cause I, I would have liked to see him, like, Tommy would have liked to see him, and they ended up getting us tickets, which was so, so nice, they were literally the nicest people in the world, um, so they got us tickets, and we went, and this theater in Vermont, Vermont is so small, and we lived in the largest town, and it was still so small, like, we could walk to the movie theater, um, it's not the movie theater, it was, like, a theater where they do, like, plays and things, so, we walked to the theater and we got to see Joe Biden and he like they handed out these books when you got there his book I guess he was doing like his book tour or whatever so somebody just like crashed something outside so that's really nice um he so they all were like giving out his books so we got a copy of his book and um he like sat on stage. We were in like the second row or something. We were so close. It was insane. Um, and then he was interviewed by Jody Picoult, which is like a culmination of my world colliding, like Jody friggin' Picoult, like, hello, could you be any more of like, oh my gosh, it was insane. Tommy, of course, is like, who the fuck is Jody Picoult? And I'm like, oh my God, have you heard of 19 minutes? <laughs> have you heard of the pact? What are you talking about? My mother's keeper. Hello. So um, so she interviewed him and I don't remember honestly, like any of it. Tommy was talking about a couple of the stories that he told, but I don't remember honestly any of it. I just remember just, he was just such a kind man. He was such a good dude. Just like listening to him talk, like the way he presents himself, like he's just like 
you know, in like a suit and looks good and is so smiley and so chatty and so friendly and so warm. And he's just like such a good dude. And it was just like a mind blowing like experience. It was just like so weird. And now to think that he's president, it's like, oh my God, I got to see him. I've seen, I've been in the same room. I've been two rows away from the president of the United States. It's like no big deal. Calm down. Um, so I like, oh my God, it was amazing. So the problem is, is his book is not typically the kind of book that I like. Um, it's like a memoir sort of situation, but, um, you know, it's pretty wordy. He's like a very intelligent dude. So, um, he talks a lot about like his policy things and stuff like that. And there was just a lot of stuff in there that I was like, yeah, I'll get to this at some point and like never did. So then when the election was kind of like getting narrowed down, um, I think at the beginning, beginning of like October I was like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna read this book and then hopefully um he becomes the president of the United States and um by election day I'll have finished the book and I didn't finish the book by election day so I was like okay I'm gonna finish it by the end of the year so I did it was the last book I finished I finished it um the day before on the I think I finished it on the 30th I finished like the day before New Year's um but it was very, very good. And so a lot of it is um, really heavy. It's like talking about his son dying and kind of how all of that shook out and how that affected his job and things. Um, there's a lot about like policy and things. There's a lot about like the Middle East and things like that that I didn't really understand. Um, a lot of stuff like kind of went over my head. And to be honest, I'm just like not in a place where I want to try to like learn what all that was about. There's too much... There's too much happening in the world that I'm trying to pay attention to right now that to go back and like understand like things that happened like a couple of years ago. It's just like too much for me right now. Maybe at some point, um, I think my husband's going to read this book. So maybe he can kind of like break down some of the things that were in the book that I didn't understand. But um, it was very good. I liked all the stuff that he was talking about their family. Like they have a nuclear family Thanksgiving. Like they decided that they're not going to go to like all their uh, extended families and things like it's just going to be them. And they go to like this beach house in Nantucket and they celebrate Thanksgiving and they, um, make their Christmas list. And I just think it's really cute. And, um, I just, I don't know. I just, I really liked it. And like it, their family, vibes like really like get me um and so then um he talks about like his relationship with Barack Obama and like their lunches he talks about like his relationship with Hillary Clinton and when Hillary Clinton wanted to run for president and like them kind of talking about it and um he talks about like you know his almost running in 2016 which made me emotional because I'm like oh my god and then he ran in 2020 and he won <laughs> I'm just like you know um so I I don't know um there was one part where he's talking about Nazi Germany and he said silence is complicit com silence is complicity which I really like and I just like all the things that he talks about I just think I think it would be very hard for someone to read this book and just like not like him I don't understand how you could read this book and like be like yeah he's he's a he's a monster like he's a bad guy like I just don't really see how you could think that um and I'm biased of course because I love him but I um he's just a very good person and I think that you can tell that in his book so yeah, I thought it was great and I think it's like the perfect way to end the year um with his book and then like, you know, just ring in the new year and like new president. 
new phone who this like you know what I mean so I feel like it was like the absolute perfect book to finish on so I was really excited I'm gonna have to now go back and talk about the other book but um technically this is the book I ended on and I think it was absolutely perfect okay so now bouncing back to there's no such thing as bad weather so this book was recommended by um Lauren McBride she's like my most famous like Instagram blogger mom whatever um, this book is based on the concept that there's no such thing as bad weather. There's only bad clothing. Um, I read an article in Vermont. Um, there was this like children's newspaper that they put out. I guess they were able to do this because Vermont is so small. There's this newspaper that they put out like once a month, I think. And it would put all of the events for the month like for the month coming up um so like every single story time every single carnival every single camp every single everything it was like all listed out in this um newspaper it was like a you know this I don't know it was like the size of a newspaper um and then there would be like articles about kids and parenting and like questions that people would write in and um little there was like a section for like kids to like color things and like whatever and um it was just it was super super cute and I remember reading this one article about a I think a mom from Scandinavia who she would just like put her kid out in the snow and it was like no big deal and I was like what the fuck and like it was just like a thing where they just like put their kids outside when it's like freezing outside and it's like no big deal because they would put them in like buntings and they would be like totally like totally fine and secure and I was like holy shit and so um I had read that article and then when I was in Vermont um the behavior of people in Vermont is very different from the behavior of people in like Missouri um all of the daycares in Vermont they were outside every single day they would take their kids on walks and they would be like decked out from head to toe and whatever and they would just like take them on walks and stuff all around town and it didn't matter how cold it was outside um there was one daycare I worked at for like a smidgen of time and it I literally worked there for like two days but um it was so weird to me because they all had not like the babies or anything obviously but like the older the older like four-year-olds three-year-olds whatever they would all come in and they would bring in like snowsuits and hats and gloves and coats and snow boots and whatever and rain or shine they would go outside every single day and they would go outside there was like ice on the blacktop and they still went outside it's like kind of just mosey around the ice there's like snow on things there's ice on things it was freezing and like it's like we're still going outside you're still gonna play outside and whatever and it was like mind-blowing to me because it's like it's fucking cold out here I don't want to be out here and like they're just like out here chilling every day and it was the same thing um I worked for a nanny family um and they had a baby and they were always all about like you know taking her outside for walks and just like bundling her up and going outside and like when it snows like we're gonna go outside and um they were just like all about it and I'm like what the like it's cold outside though and like the dad would always walk everywhere and I'm like it's like 30 degrees like I'm not walking anywhere I don't understand I don't get it I don't like it um so after like that kind of like behavior situation 
I'm like kind of reading about these things. I, I understood this book like way better than I think I ever would have if I hadn't had this like Vermont experience. Um, but she recommended this book because she, especially with like COVID and like there's only so many things that you can do with your kids, especially in the winter time, um, that she wants to be better about like going outside with her kids in the winter and like getting her family outside and like whatever. So I read this book. I have a ton of notes and I'm just, I'm literally just going to go through them and it might not make any sense, but this, this is how I'm going to go. Um, I, so I did put on here, like I, we would walk like a lot of places, which was like a weird thing for me. Like, um, we walked to the, like the library, we would walk like downtown and stuff. And it's like a 30 minute walk or something. Like, I'm just used to, in St. Louis, things were all, like, fairly close. So, um, you know, we wouldn't, we would drive because things, like, of importance were too far. And then, I don't know, like, if we walked somewhere, it would just be to, like, the park around the corner. It was never, like, a thing. Um, But I did, like, a lot of walking when I worked for this family. Um, There's this thing they mention in the book called almonds rotten which is you can pick flowers and food anywhere you can light a campfire anywhere you can pitch a tent anywhere you don't need permits or permission unless it's someone's house you can walk through cattle farms as long as you shut the gates so like you can literally just like do as you please and they just expect that people are going to use common sense and they're not going to destroy things and damage things so it's like totally fine like you can pick anybody's flowers like you can pick anybody's food um you can like walk through people's farms it's like no big deal everything is there for everyone and it's like such a weird thing it wouldn't happen in the United States obviously um there was a lot of stuff about putting babies in like their prams and like having them nap outside like no matter how cold it is like just like leave them outside like the cold air is good for them like the fresh air is good for them it's like better for them than being in their um like nurseries or whatever just like put them outside and have them nap outside and it's like no big deal um it was talking about how like there are people that are from you know out of the country that come and then they kind of do something like that they'll just like there was like this mother that like left her kid like outside of a restaurant and like (laughs) was eating inside and then like the police came and they were like freaking out at this lady and it's like well I don't know this is just how we do it there and it's like not a big deal um there was a lot which I would be interested in, in reading more about about um that they're not worried about kids getting kidnapping getting kidnapped or like hurt or anything um like it's it's very rare for kids to get kidnapped apparently um this is something I need to read more into but um apparently like we have made it this thing where like we're always terrified that the kids are going to get kidnapped and whatever but like the amount of kids that actually get kidnapped are like not as many as like we would think so it's actually like not as scary to let your kids be outside alone especially babies I don't know it just seems weird there's this like fear built up like you wouldn't want to leave your baby outside but um apparently it's fine I'm not suggesting that you do that I'm just saying this is like a thing they do um so they would put their babies outside um and let them take a nap and the like obviously they would listen and they would watch for them and whatever but um like they would put the fucking monitor outside and just be like okay I'm gonna go fold laundry it's you know freezing outside have a good nap um, they, it said that they sleep better in the cold, which I know is like typical. It's like the same. That's like how it is for like me. That's how it is for my husband. So I get it. Um, they don't have snow days and they have winter tires. That's how, um, Vermont was. So we 
like I have like all season tires on my car but um a lot of people like have to change out their tires or whatever so it's like very irregular for people to have like a snow day or like days off or whatever because it's like yeah we can you know there's a lot of snow outside you can you can do it I will say I don't feel like they took care of the roads in Vermont very well like it was a struggle um I think that Missouri does a better job but that's just me so um they like just they go outside when it snows like at school they go outside when it snows like it's it's more fun for the kids when it snows um and it's like no big deal they there was like a a heavy emphasis on like recess and like letting the kids go outside as much as possible and things like that and like really like getting them outside as often as you can um they were talking about like dangerous activities um you kind of have to let kids they were saying you have to let kids like figure things out through trial and error like obviously like you don't want your kids to get hurt but you kind of need to let them like make decisions on their own um and that was something that I had said um somewhere that they're not worried about kids getting hurt that like there's something that um you might think is dangerous but like um like they'll figure it out and like that's how they learn kind of thing and like even if it's um you know something where they're climbing a tree and you're worried they're gonna fall out of the tree or whatever like they'll they won't do anything that's like too dangerous because they will be scared I guess, um, or, like, they will learn that it's too hard for them or whatever, um, I, then again, I feel like sometimes kids are scared, or not scared of anything, so it's, like, I don't know, but, um, and they were saying that, like, you know, while they are, um, so, like, free about it, and this is, like, um, like, Sweden, Scandinavia, like, stuff like that, um, while they're so, like, free about all this stuff, like, the things that they know are actually dangerous, they do take very seriously, their kids are rear facing until they're like four. They're in like a three point harness until they're like four <clears throat> or until they're older. I don't know. Like bike helmets have to be worn, like, you know, things like that. Um, so the things that are like actually dangerous, like they do not allow, but like pretty much everything else, it's like up for grabs. It's like, if you want to do it, you can try it, go for it. If you hurt yourself, like keep on trucking. I don't know. Um, there's talk about open-ended toys and, like, Montessori and, like, play-based learning and things, which I've already, um, that's already kind of been, like, in my head. Um, that will actually be something, I have a podcast coming up very, very soon. It's been much awaited with my friend Sarah, and we talk about Montessori toys and open-ended learning and things like that, because that is super important. Um, they talk about how... Um, American families, they try to get their kids into like way too many activities and it's like, you have to let kids figure out like what they want to do. Like, um, the book said like, you should let them come to you and tell you when they want to do something. Um, it says that swimming classes are like always a good idea though, which I'm glad because that's like the one thing, um, especially like when I was in Vermont and like we were doing like baby and me classes and like music classes and things like that like I think those are so so stupid I get that they're like a socialization thing but I think those are so stupid but I do think that um swimming classes are important I think that swimming classes for babies is like everything and kids in general I think swimming is just like a really good healthy activity for kids and I think it's like I don't know I just like am a very big um supporter for swimming it's just like my thing so um, there's this part where it said, if kids are bored, tell them, good luck, my friend. I look forward to seeing what you get up to, which I love. 
Um, I really like a lot of the parenting like philosophies in here, like, um, you know, push your kids outside, like get them to like play on their own. Like they don't need you. Like you should not be the one that has to come up with all of their fun and things like that. They're just going to keep looking to you for that. Um, there's a lot about like letting them make their own mistakes. So they learn, um, dare to trust your child. Um, the screens thing was really big for me because so throughout the whole thing, she's talking about how, um, how much time they are spending outside because like what happened is like they ended up going back to Sweden for like six months or something. And, um, so the difference between how they were in Sweden and how they were in America, they lived in like rural Indiana. Um, they just spent like hours and hours and hours outside when they were in Sweden, even though it was like a lot colder. And, um, so she's saying, you know, like whatever. And so you would think the trade-off is because they're outside as much, they're not on screens as much, but that's not really the case. Like they're still on screens just as much. But um, her advice is to put like boundaries on screens. And that's something that I, granted, I won't have a child that is in the technology age for years and years and years and years. So this could be like a totally different thing. But um, I'm always like super anti-screens. And um, I think some of the ideas that she had are like good, like no screens in bedrooms. Like I think that's like a tricky thing. But like my nanny kids are allowed to take their iPads upstairs and stuff. Like obviously like we've had to homeschool. So they've been in their rooms. Um, but what happens is like, they just get locked up in their room and they just never come out. And it's like, you know, if they have to be in the living room to use a screen, then that at least puts them in the same vicinity as you or whatever. Um, and then like not letting them use it at the dinner table and like things like that. And then, um, you know, not, not having them at that time and things like that. I am, I remember Candace King was talking about on her podcast that she has her, like stepdaughters who are like teenagers, like they have to put their phones away at night. And like, if there's an emergency, like somebody can call, I don't know, their house phone or something. Um, but they don't need to be like texting and like woken up in the middle of the night and things like that. And so they put their phones away and they have like real alarm clocks and that's what wakes them up in the morning and they don't use their phones as alarm clocks and things. And, um, that she was trying to get better about that herself, that she wants to put her phone away because she's holding them to the standard. Like she wants to do the same thing. And I kind of like that. I like the idea of like not even having your phone in your room, like your phone being in like the kitchen or something and you not even needing it. Um, I, I think you would need like some sort of house phone in that situation, but still, I, I just like, I like the idea of that. And I think that it is like, you have to put expectations on your kids that you're also going to put on yourself because if you don't, it doesn't, like your kids are going to see that you're not doing that and they, they learn from you and like what you're doing. So, um, there are also like, also the biggest thing that she talks about is like spending time with your kids. Like if you're spending time with your kids and you guys are playing a game or you're doing an activity or you're outside together or you're whatever, then obviously your kids aren't going to be on a screen because they're, spending time with you and you're not on the screen and you're spending time with them and it's just like kind of a trade-off so I thought that was really good um it talked about recycling Sweden has to import trash to use as fuels because it doesn't have enough trash like they recycle so well and compost so well that they don't have enough trash in their country like that is crazy um I remember in Vermont like we learned about composting because all the households had to do that and we learned about recycling really quickly because all the households had to do that and um if you had trash you had to pay for your trash like you would have to go 
take it to a dumpster and you would have to pay to dump your trash like you can't just like they don't pick up your trash they only pick up your recycling so um like that's a big thing obviously that kind of sucks when you have like diapers like you're paying a lot more in trash but um like we were using way 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 less trash when we were in Vermont because we were recycling everything we weren't composting wasn't required of our apartment it actually started like right as we were leaving um but when I was at work we composted and it's really not that difficult it's like just like a simple like you're putting it here instead of in the trash it's really easy um so they talk about that and then what else um oh um it talks about like their immune systems um that a lot of times people are like overly clean and that like some dirt is good like I am honestly in the category of like rub some dirt in it like it's gonna be fine kind of thing like if you drop your binky on the floor I'm not like putting in my mouth I'm not like washing it off like you'll be fine like wipe it off and keep going like if you drop a piece of food on the floor like wipe it off and keep going like I'm kind of in like that like camp anyway so it's basically just like you know if your kids are outside and they want to put about a flower in their mouth or a bug in their like you know it's like whatever it's like dirt you know, it's fine. If they are like outside playing in the dirt and then it's like time for lunch, you know, they could go wash their hands or they could just keep eating and it's like whatever. Um, and it was talking about how their immune systems are like better than immune systems here because they are, um, I know that like COVID is like a different situation, but, um, because they have, you know, they're out in the air and the germs and the this and that and whatever. Um, and then, I don't know. It just, I just, I think it's a very interesting book. And I do think that the book could have been summed up in like one chapter. I think she repeats herself a lot. I think there's a lot of stuff that she says over and over and over again, but I think she's just trying to like really hit home on some of these ideas, but I don't know. I really like it. I don't like hiking. That was like a big thing about the book. I don't like hiking. Um, I don't even like the idea of hiking. So, um, that might be something that I have to figure out in the future, but everything else, like, I really liked. I thought it was very interesting. I thought it was, like, a really good, like, reminder and, like, whatever. Um, and, you know, it talks a lot about, like, how being outside is good for your brains and it's good for this and it's good for that. And, it like, there's just a lot of benefits and stuff um, on your, like, well-being and mental health and things like that. Um, and just, like, how they grow up as children and whatever. Um, and, like, a big thing was, like, they, you have to start like right away. So like you have to start by taking your baby out on walks when it's winter and taking your toddler out to play every single day for hours and hours, even when it's cold or snowy or rainy. I do kind of love that. I like the idea of like your kids still going outside and playing when it's rainy outside. I like the idea of your kids still going outside when it's cold, when it's yucky, whatever, because, um, that like difference in mindset can change a lot. I, used to hate the snow and then being in Vermont it snowed like every single day and it's just something you just get used to and it's like okay I can do this I can handle this it's not that big of a deal it's just snow and now I appreciate it and it's snowing outside right now and I'm just so excited and I just want to go watch it so um I think definitely like building up a like building up a like doing it every day and like changing your own mindset before you have a kid and then when you have a kid like really like you know just trying to instill in them that like being outside is a good thing and like you know, it's fine if you want to, you know, I like watching TV just as much as the next person, but it like, you also have to go spend time outside and you have to read a book and you have to do all these other things too. And you have to play and be imaginative and whatever. 
Um, and I think that, I don't know, I just thought it was really good. Again, it's, like, kind of long. I read it, like, it took me, like, a while to read it. I would just read little snippets at a time, but, um, I think that it's very good. It talks about, like, I don't know how to say it, but it's Hygie, Hug, Hug, I don't know, it's, like, H-Y-G-G-E, that's, like, a thing where it's, like, um, you know, just making your house really cozy even when it's cold and just, like, embracing being cold and embracing, like, the season and whatever, so, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. I really liked it. And um, especially reading it in the month of December, it was like very, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can walk to go get the kids from school, even though it's cold. I can run in the morning, even though it's cold. <laughs> like I can do all these things. It's totally fine. I can enjoy that it's snowing. I can enjoy that it's raining and things like that. So um, it definitely has helped my mindset a little bit. And I think like even more so when I have a child, I hope to remember this book or look back on this book and like try to use some of the stuff I learned because I think it's important and I I do really love that like a lot of this stuff is like stuff that I already kind of got a glimpse into being in Vermont Vermont is another fucking world so um it was definitely good for me to see how people live in that sort of circumstance because that's like the coldest I am ever gonna get I hope I hope So those are all the books that I read and attempted to read this month. Um, I am doing the Pop Sugar Challenge, obviously, for 2021. And there's like other random stupid challenges here and there I think I'm going to try to do as well. So I have tons and tons of books on my TBR already. Um, I'm trying to think of books that I like really, really, really know that I want to read. Um, I think there are like some classic books I would like to read. I have Wuthering Heights right now. I would like to read that. I would like to finally read Pride and Prejudice. I am. I have a goal for myself this year that I'm going to read Anna Karenina. Um, it's like a huge book, so I'm going to like just break it up and try to read it over the course of the year. If I finish early, then all the better. But I'm not going to force myself to like finish that book in one sitting, sort of thing. Um, I what else um I'm sure there's like you know obviously towards the end of the year next year there's like Halloween books I want to read Christmas books I want to read I made like better lists this year and I didn't read like any of them so I at least have the lists ready for next year um I know I also at the beginning of February will read the To All the Boys Love Before series all over again because I love them and that is my February tradition happy birthday to myself um, I think I just watched After We Collided and I actually really liked it. So I think I'm going to reread those books because it has me like nostalgic for the books, even though the books were really bad. Um, and then I have a lot of authors like backlogs I want to read. Um, I was going over my pop sugar challenge for this year and there were a lot of books on this list that I totally ignored because after I read a book from the category, I just like moved on and I totally forgot that there were other books that also sounded good. So, um, I think I'm going to do a podcast talking about the pop sugar challenge for this year anyway. So I'll talk about those. Um, and those are a lot of the books that I want to read this year. Um, I obviously want to read like the Barack Obama book. I started it, but I haven't finished it. Um, I want to try to finish a bunch of the series that I started because I didn't do a great job getting through them. I want to read a lot of um, books about black lives and by black authors and um, I want to keep being very inclusive and things like that. So there's like a lot of books that I 
would like to get to this year that um, diversify my reading a little bit and things like that. So I have huge goals. I got a book cart for Christmas from my grandma and it's amazing. And I was able to pull a bunch of books out and put them there. Um, I think we're going to put it where my, our Christmas tree in our room currently is. Oh boy, there's like soccer on the TV and somebody got kicked in the face or something, I think. Sorry, dude. It's the Premier League. Don't know what that means, but oh, he's bleeding. Oof. Um. Okay. Anyway. Um, so I was able to pull a bunch of books out and I think we're going to put it where our TV in our bedroom is. Oh, he just got like smashed is all. I don't even, why am I even paying attention to this? I don't even watch this shit. Um, and I think that'll be good to be able to see like a lot of books because I am a mood reader and I like to just read what I like to read and, um, to be able to like pick and choose at will what book I want to read, I think is going to be helpful. So yeah, um, I also have books that I started this year that I still haven't finished. My husband and I started that library book in February, and guess what? We're still in like chapter eight, so that's still there. Um, I was reading the book about um, awesome women or something, and I still have like a chunk to go with that book. Uh, there's lots of books that, you know, you just start and you don't finish, and it's fine. It's fine. I also am going to probably look at my DNF list this year because there were a lot of fucking books that I did not finish this year, and maybe I can get some of those ago again, give them another spin, see if I was just in a bad mood. Um, I've seen a lot of people talk about, maybe I should do this when I talk about my best books. I don't know. It's whatever. I read 118 books this year and I think I DNF'd like 50 or 51 or something. And I've seen a lot of people on Bookstagram be like, um, it doesn't matter how many books you read this year. Like it's not a competition. It's not a contest. It's not like, bitch, it is a contest. It's a contest for myself because I'm pushing myself to read more and more and more. And obviously like there's like a quality quantity sort of situation here, but like, I don't think that it's like, I don't think that you should be like bragging that you have watched like 75 shows this year that you've like finished Netflix. But I do think it's brag worthy that I've read 118 books this year. Like, and were all of those books like fucking like, you know, good for my brain? No. But the there did I learn a lot because of them? Absolutely. Like if you're like learning things from your TV shows, like that's fine. Like it's whatever. Um but like if you're just watching like Desperate Housewives or like Beverly Hill what is what is what is it? Uh, Real Housewives. That's what I meant. If you're just watching Real Housewives, like, no shame. I watch the challenge every week. But that's not stimulating your brain in any sort of a way. Like, if you're watching something like... We are only one episode into The Queen's Gambit, so I can't tell you if that's actually going to teach us anything. But, like, if you're into something... And it's, like, teaching you something, like, go for it. But I'm just saying, like, I, I think it is an accomplishment to read this many books. Now, in the future, like, I probably should be, you know, doing some like more like expanding of the books that I'm reading and things like that so I'm learning more but I definitely feel way more intelligent now than I ever have I feel like the fact that I read so many books this year means I did put away like the Netflix and I did you know kind of prioritize that over doing mindless activities or scrolling Instagram don't get me wrong TikTok came in hot but I think that, um, you know, I just, I think that I am better off for reading as much as I did this year. And so I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say like, 
the fact that I read, you know, this many books this year when I read like 75 last year, like, yeah, it is an improvement and it is a competition. It's not a competition with other people. I don't give a fuck. Like there are people that read 20 books this year. There are people that read 300 books this year. I don't know how the fuck they did that, but more power to them. But I do think that it's like a good thing. I think it's something that you should brag about. And I think it's something that you should be excited about. And I think it's something that um, I am not going to discourage. I'm not going to stop trying to read a lot of books. I might try to make the quality of the books better. But I'm definitely like not going to be mad that I read so many books. Like that's just not not going to happen. So um, I don't know why I have to give this like speech at the end of every fucking episode lately but I'm just I just have a lot of thoughts I guess so yeah I did also just see something I'm trying to make a vision board which I don't think I'm gonna do a podcast about but um my friend Sarah just started a podcast it's called Sarah Says and she's gonna talk about vision boards and she's the pro so you can go listen to her but um I was looking and it said that rich people have small TVs and big libraries and poor people have small libraries and big TVs and we have I think our TVs like a 30 inch 32 is pretty small so feeling good about my life choices obviously it's a generalization and I'm not throwing shade at anyone I love TV as much as the next person but um I just think that you know reading is good for your brain and I am all aboard the reading train and I hope that All of you listening are too, too, too. Okay, until next time. Ciao.